0: Signature win from Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we come to you on this late Wednesday evening, early Thursday morning. As the Red Storm suffer their first loss of the season, they go on the road at Indiana and fall 76 to 74. The Red Storm trailed by double figures for a, a good portion of the sec of the first half, uh, trailed by 12 at the. Halftime break. We're able to fight back in this game. We're able to tie the game uh, at multiple points in the second half. Eventually got a look, not really a very good look, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit. Uh, not a very good look from Julian Champagny to win the game uh, at the end of regulation, and it would not fall as his three-pointer uh, was off the mark, really missed everything but the backboard. Uh, despite his 32 points and seven rebounds, a phenomenal performance from Julian Champagny, uh, he could not put the Red Storm on his back enough to pull out the win in a hostile hostile environment um this game was really the first you know real test for the red storm this season their first two games obviously mississippi valley state being the cupcake of all cupcakes and then st peter's while sure looks like it's good there they might be a good team in the max certainly not the level of competition that you're going to be seeing in the big east all season long still it was an impressive win so this was really the first real test uh for st john's and at least in the first half, really looked like they were going to fail that test big time uh, with how they came out of the gate. Led 3-0 early, and then I believe Indiana went on a 7 or 9-0 run and really never looked back. Indiana, like I said, held really a double-digit lead for a majority of that first half. St. John's playing from behind early did really exactly what you don't want to do in these type of games in hostile environments with a crazy crowd like Assembly Hall is, and that's fall behind early, You know, let the crowd get into it. Let Indiana get some rhythm on offense. And more importantly, let Indiana really stonewall you on defense. The Red Storm had, what, a six-minute scoring drought in that first half from about the 14-minute mark to the eight-minute mark in the first half that really turned the tide of this game. And frankly, they were playing catch-up the rest of the way through in that first half, they they looked like a team that, you know, was pretty overwhelmed by the moment, looked like a team that did not have much, if any, experience uh, playing in a hostile, crazy environment like Assembly Hall is. You know, you look at Posh Alexander and uh, Pinzone and Adai Wusu, those guys have never in their lives played in a collegiate environment like this. They never have, because obviously Posh and Wusu were not, playing in front of crowds last year and even the veterans on this team the Steph Smith the Julian Champagnes the Soriano's the Mathis the Wheelers they haven't played in front of crowds in you know a year and a half now at this point 18 months basically 19 months uh, since fans were in the building so I think you know if that was a question how is St. John's going to come out of the gate they certainly did not come out of the gate how you want to uh, they looked overwhelmed they looked a little bit I don't want to say scared because I don't think it's a it's a it's a you know being scared. I think it's more just being overwhelmed. I think that they were a little bit overwhelmed in the moment. I think that, like I said, they got out of the gate exactly how you don't want to get out of the gate in that first half. They fell behind. They let Indiana you know, have some highlight plays, some big dunks, some three-pointers, and they got stonewalled on defense, like I said. And they had a lot of careless turnovers in that first half. The Red Storm only finished with 15 turnovers. They had nine in the first half. And how many of those turnovers? I believe Indiana had seven steals in the First half, They only finished the game with nine, which again tells you how this was really a, a tale of two halves here. Indiana had seven steals in the first half, and, and St. John's turned the ball over nine times, and how many of those turnovers led to just easy breakouts for Indiana, easy layups, easy dunks on the other end. Uh, it was ugly. Indiana really had no issue with the St. John's press. In the first half, they scored 39 points. Uh, Like we mentioned, they shot the three ball well. They were really breaking the press easily. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, who was their star, really was able to get whatever he wanted the entire game. But more, uh, more so in the first half than the second, where I believe he had 10 of his 18 points in the first half. Um, Yeah, and it just you know you could not have scripted really a worse start worst for really first 20 minutes to this game uh, for St. John's yet. They only found themselves down by 12 at the half. And you know, it was not likely, at least me personally, I was not really incredibly confident they were going to be able to come back, but it really felt like they could have been down 20 or 25 with the way that they came out with how poor they played offensively uh, with how they, their, you know, pressure defense was really not affecting Indiana whatsoever. Uh, They could have been down by a lot more in that first half. So to only be down 12 really felt like a win, to be honest. And, They come out in the second half. They come out firing. Steph Smith uh, was phenomenal in the second half, and I guess I'll I'll get to Steph really, real quick here. You know, he was kind of quiet in his first couple of games. Maybe wasn't hitting the three ball as you would have expected, and even in this game, he did not shoot the three well. He only went one of five, but went five of eleven from the floor. So went four of six uh, from two point range in this game. Scored 16 points. Like I said, I don't have his splits here, but I know that he had double figures in the uh, in the second half alone. He really keyed that comeback along with Champagny and his 32 points. And Steph was was scoring early, uh, getting to the basket early, hit a, hit a three early in that second half, I believe, and really changed this game. But it is a game that we've seen so many times St. John's play, right? You know, over the years, over the last five, 10, 15 years. Uh, a road game like this, you know, falling behind early, uh, kind of clawing your way back in it, not necessarily getting, getting run out of the gym, you know, hanging in there, getting that, you know, double digit lead down to single digits, you know, getting that lead down to five, but then never being able to break through. You know, we saw it, uh, an example of that reminds me of last year, the Seton Hall game on the road, uh, where it just felt like that entire game was played between like a, like a down by three and down by 10 window, you know, a seven point window where St. John's was, you know, trailing from three and trailing to, uh, by 10, just, just kind of felt like Like that type of a game, they were able to tie the game a couple of times. They were able to get within three a couple of times, but it just felt like every single time that game was tied, St. John's could not get a stop. I mean, credit Indiana, right? You know, St. John's did not play a good first half by any margin, um, and I, I do think that they are the better team. I, I do think that they are a better team than Indiana. I just think that they got off to such a bad first half that it was it was tough. Now, obviously, I can't say that they're a better team. They lost the game, but I think on a neutral floor, I think St. John's probably is able to, to beat uh, Indiana. But at the end of the day, and I lost my train of thought there now, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, but, but, but credit Indiana for— coming back, and every single time that St. John's threw a punch in this in in the second half really they didn't really throw any punch in the first half every single time that saint johns threw a punch in the in the second half indiana responded you know they they never let saint johns go on that enough of a run you know they let saint johns go on five nothing runs and seven nothing runs in you know it felt like every game was a seven something run in, in you know a minute and 15 they let saint johns go on those but every single time saint johns did that indiana punched right back and went on a 5-0 run of their own or a 7-0 run of their own to extend the lead back Again, you know, it's it's the mark of a good team for St. John's to be able to battle in this game, to be able to, you know, not let this game get out of hand, to make it a game, and to obviously give yourself a chance to win at the end there in a very close game. But again, this is not the season for moral victories. This is not the season to, you know, clap your hands and, and, and you know, give them all high fives and say, great job, you battled on the road. Like, no, you know, especially when you look at how weak this non-conference schedule is, that's a game that you really, really wanted to pull out. Obviously it became less likely with how poor you played in the first half, but at the end of the day, that game was still right there for the taking with five minutes to go, with three minutes to go, with two minutes to go, with one minute to go. That game was right there for the taking. Uh, On the final possession, that game was right there for the taking, and I want to touch on that as well. Uh, St. John's obviously did not have a timeout there. Now... Xavier Johnson, who is shooting the free throws uh, for Indiana, he shoots one and one uh, to p- to put Indiana up two. He had a weird motion. It just I did not have any confidence that he was going to hit two. So I knew that St. John's was probably going to be down either one or two. And I was saying you got to shoot a three here. You you don't want to go to overtime in this game. I don't think that they would have been able to pull out a win if it went to overtime. I was saying if he splits these free throws, obviously he misses both. But if he splits these free throws, you want the ball in Champagne's hand. You want him shooting a three. Now they did end up getting that but the shot was just so poor it was so rushed obviously it was a heave at the end of the game that like i said barely uh, hit the backboard i don't know why rafael Pinzone is bringing the ball up there a true freshman uh they didn't have a timeout they couldn't set something up uh that's you know that's on them obviously but Get the ball to someone else. You know, I know you don't really want champenny maybe like taking a pull-up shot there, but I-, I don't want the true freshman bringing the ball up there on the road with eight seconds to go. And that's exactly, you know, what, what you thought was going to happen ended up happening. He basically dribbled it off his foot there. Champagny was able to recover it, but then at the end, at that point, uh, the game was 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 really over and it was lost. But uh, I don't want that to take away from the incredible game that Champagne had. 32 points on 12 of 22 shooting. He shoots six of 12. From the beyond the arc Uh, champagne went six of twelve the rest of the Red Storm went three of 15 in this game. No one really was hitting threes besides Champagny. He only got to the free throw line once. Uh, he hit two free throws, uh, I, I believe, in the second half. But seven rebounds, two assists. Uh, he was phenomenal. He looked like the biggies Player of the Year tonight. Big shot after big shot after big shot. Felt like big three after big three after big three from him. Uh, he was just phenomenal in the second half when they needed him to be, and that's a good sign, you know, because in that first half he he you know he had I believe 10. But he was, it was a quiet 10 points for him, like we had kind of seen through the first two games. He exploded in the second half. He was the player that you wanted him to be in the second half. And I think that bodes well for the Red Storm going forward that you know you have that closer in Julian Champagny now. Couldn't close it out, but you have that guy who can take over a game in the second half on the road in a tough environment. Uh, that's encouraging that he was able to play such a phenomenal game. I just don't know if he got a whole lot of help. Like I said, Steph Smith had a good game. Posh Alexander was in foul trouble early, uh, ended up scoring 10 points, had 10 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists, uh, but had the 5 turnovers as well. I, I just felt like with Posh, he was just trying to do a little bit too much at some point, especially with some of the turnovers just and, and some of the fouls as well. Just, just felt like he was trying to do maybe a little bit too much offensively uh, in this game. Went 0-3 from 3-point range as well, which is not a good sign after he had shot so well the first two games. So, not the best game from Posh. He does finish as a th- their third. Third leading scorer uh, with ten points, but I just I I wasn't crazy about the way that he played tonight. And then you know you look at the rest of the box score, and for a team that we thought. Had a lot of depth going into this season. It's not a very impressive box score, you know. Matt Montez Mathis uh, got ejected early on a just a, I mean, horrible, 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 flagrant two foul uh, that again maybe changed the complexion of this game that he was sent out, uh, sent off early in the first half. The the refs were bad in this game for sure, and and I'll touch on that. I'm, I'm all over the place right now, but the refs were bad in this game for sure. Um, you know, they were bad on both ends. I thought. Calling a flagrant two there on Montez mathis was was horrible. Just just so so bad. If you want to call a flagrant one there, fine. The announcers at first said it was a common foul. How it goes from a common foul in the moment to a flagrant two, I do not know. Whatever. Uh, then Julian Champagne looked like he got whacked on the head or something. Not only is that not a flagrant foul, that's not even a common foul. They blew the Champagne gets hit, uh, makes the bucket and one. They they blow the whistle and then they're inbounding the ball and he's going. That's not a foul. They blew a whistle. Uh, the refs were really really bad the charge on posh alexander at the end that i tweeted about there were some really really bad moments for this refs and they were bad for indiana too don't get me wrong they called some bad bad uh, offensive fouls on indiana they called some bad uh, defensive fouls on indiana for sure some really bad shooting fouls so they were bad both ways this was not a banner game for the officials but uh my original point the depth on St. John's. It just, it wasn't there tonight. They played a lot of guys, but not a lot of guys contributed. You know, Aaron Wheeler was shut out. Dylan Adaiwusu had two points. Tariq Coburn, who had, was phenomenal the first two games, missed all three of, the, of his three-pointers, ended up with no points and two rebounds. That was his whole game, and one turnover and one foul. Uh, really, really quiet game from him. Uh, on the road, again, didn't didn't really have any impact on the game whatsoever. Uh, I did love the way that Rafael Pinzone played, despite the uh, near-turn over at the end there in the debacle had five points three rebounds one assist hit a big three for them Uh, had another big basket in the second half as well I thought played really really good defense I thought Omar Stanley another freshman played really really good defense uh, on Trace Jackson Davis as well so those two were bright spots Uh, and then just routing out the lineup I I, I, Joel, Joel Soriano had a bad game he was not Good tonight. Finished with four points. Only had five rebounds. Had two blocks. Had at least two of his shots blocked by uh, Jackson Davis. I thought he really didn't do a good job on Jackson Davis defensively. He really got beat up. Uh, had you know didn't really make much of an off impact offensively and on the glass as well. You know only grabbed five rebounds. He was their third leading rebounder. So not a great game for uh, Joel Soriano as well. But at the end of the day, you know listen, this was a game that St. John's really really I thought needed to win to make this non conference schedule worthwhile uh they don't get the win they they play so poorly in the first half that, again, it would have been a lot to ask for a win, but you got to come out stronger in, this, in the first half. I think that's the lesson that this t- team is going to learn. You got to come out stronger. You got to come out with more intensity. Uh, you got to come out more poised, really, is, is the main thing on the road uh, when you're playing in an environment like that. And they're going to learn that in the Big East. You know, think of the places that they're going to have to play. You know, at Creighton, at Butler, at Villanova, at UConn. Those are tough, tough. At Marquette, those are tough places to play. Xavier as well. There's a lot of tough places places to play uh, in the Big East this season. So you're going to have to come out poised. You know, you cannot lose your composure and lose your cool early like they did in this game or else you're not going to win very many games because it's going to be a dogfight fight to get back in the game uh, all the way through. But this puts a lot of pressure now on the rest of the non-conference. You really need to take care of business against all of these other teams. You know, I, I, who's it, NGIT They play over the weekend, I believe, or, or, and they play St. Francis next week. Got to take care of business of all, in all those games. You know, get back on track, win those games, and then you see what happens. You know, that's why I really wanted to win this game because it would have kind of turned Kansas into kind of a house money game, right? If, if you already kind of had the signature win over Indiana, now you're kind of looking and you're saying, if we can't beat Kansas— Where's the signature win in this non-conference, and I don't know if there is one. But again, depending on how they play in the Big East, if they win 12 games in the Big East, if they win 13 games in the Big East, and they win, you know, 23, 24 overall, uh, they'll be in the tournament regardless. So not as as big a factor, but for seeding purposes, maybe you know you really would have liked to get this game against an Indiana team that's probably going to be in the in the top uh, in the top 25 or so. But if this was a measuring stick for St. John's, I, I do think that. They passed the test. You know, they didn't win the game, but they went on the road. They played a tight game. They they showed that they belonged, I guess, uh, you know, with what uh, a team that is prop could be a top twenty five team uh, you know next Monday. So give them cre- I give them credit for that. do I give them credit, you know for the game overall? no they they hung around for sure, but there's no moral victories this season. I feel like I'm contradicting myself now. so I'm just gonna stop and uh, I'm gonna welcome on Jay Jay now. Uh, he's come on for the last what three or four years on this podcast. He's gonna make his season debut to uh, help break down the red storm against uh, Indiana the loss tonight. So hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined by Jay DeMeo. He's a contributor to Johnny Nation, Johnny Nation SJU and a new contributor to Daily Dose of Hoops. Jay, how's it going tonight?
1: It's going good, Troy. Thanks for having me on. How's it going?
0: Uh, it's going well. Obviously, we got a lot to, to digest here. Uh, we both said that we're kind of drained after that, after that loss for the Red Storm. Uh, I mean, just give me your, your overall takeaways from this game. You know, we were saying it's it's hard to give you know a moral victory or anything like that but you know your overall takeaways on on this this loss for St. John's
1: yeah it was a tough loss um you go into a place that's incredibly hard to play against the best team you've faced so far in the non-conference uh ultimately the slow start is what killed them they worked their way back but you know there's not too many games you're gonna go on the road one of the toughest venues in college basketball, and you're going to start down 14 and with one of your best defensive player out of the game, you're not going to win through any of those games. And I credit them for battling back. Julian was a star tonight, um, but uh, definitely, definitely a tough loss and another uh, skin peeling way that. To- end a game mm-hmm. just being so close and just just kind of sputters out of control at the end and we have a bad taste in our mouth
0: yeah well, all right I'll, I'll let you pick the direction that we go here do you want to do the the positives or the negatives first <laughs>
1: Uh, let's do the negatives first.
0: All right, let's do the negatives. Okay, so, I mean, let's start with the first half. That was an abomination. Uh, we, we honestly looked like points of that first half. We didn't belong on the floor with them, which is obviously not true, but that's the way that it looked. Well, we had to have a six-minute scoring drought. Uh, the half-court offense was just brutal. We weren't getting out in transition, turning the ball over, so many careless turnovers. You know, What like what do you think went wrong? What was the number one thing that went wrong in that first half where we fell down by, like you said, four? Fourteen points.
1: Honestly, I think um, this was something new to a lot of guys. This was something new to Julian, uh, not Julian, to Posh, to, mm-hmm. to Dylan, mm-hmm. um, to Pinzon, and to be in an environment like that. You know, you've had the comfort of Carnesec in the first two games, and then all of last season you're playing in empty arenas left and right, and then now you know for Posh and for Posh and then it might as well have been, you know, like you're a freshman again. You're mm-hmm. seventeen thousand fans roaring on you and you you're playing a decent team, so this the slow start didn't really surprise me. What really kinda was what I took away out of this was I was kinda let down about how bad Aaron Wheeler and mm. Tariq Coburn played mm-hmm. uh, especially Coburn who was a star so mm-hmm. far through the first two games he just couldn't get it going tonight mm-hmm. and I hope it doesn't become a theme where if he doesn't get his first couple of threes to go into the hoop he lets it kind of dictate the rest of his game but um Aaron Wheeler kind of looked out of sorts and that's a that is an arena he's played at um mm-hmm. he couldn't get it going offensively or defensively really um Joel Soriano couldn't defend Trey Jackson Davis just didn't have an answer Mm -hmm. he was in foul trouble all night and just um, it wasn't a good night for some of the newcomers but um, yeah that's kind of where you could look to to start for the negatives
0: Mm-hmm. And and I just I feel like the, the bigs in general, I thought Stanley had a, a decent game. He didn't score, but I thought he did have an impact on the defensive end. He had the two blocks. He had two steals. But like you said, Soriano was just not his, on his game tonight. Four points, five rebounds. Aaron Wheeler as well didn't score. It, it just feels like our bigs got kind of pushed around a little bit, maybe not necessarily on the glass. Uh, if you look at the rebounding, it was actually even, but just in terms of like Jackson Davis felt like he was getting anything that he wants. I, I don't know if, if Jackson Davis, I haven't seen him play a ton. I don't know if he can dribble with his right hand. Like they didn't force him to go right at all in this game. It just felt like our bigs were so disappointing tonight on the offensive end, but really on the defensive end, they just, they didn't feel like they, they, you know, put up much of a fight against the guy like Trace Jackson Davis.
1: No, and you knew coming into it, um, he was probably going to get his yeah to limit it as much as possible, but um, I think he made his presence felt offensively, and I think guys were kind of scared to, you know, go at him a little bit, mm-hmm. um, there was just no way, and um, he's probably the X Factor for Indiana, you know, you take him off the floor, I'm not sure. They win that game, even mm-hmm. though they're the home team. But he was just a little too much uh, St. John's can handle. And well, he's probably going to be a pro next year, possibly mm-hmm. NBA. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. sorry, that's a tough first real test for Shoriana, you know, coming up from Fordham mm-hmm. so regarding someone like him and yeah. the new system he's in. So it is what it is. You just got to hope um, that can get the guys right for the next time they face someone like that, i.e., uh, Nate Watson.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nate Watson's going to be a big one. Uh, Another negative, I mean, I feel like I'm being maybe a little bit harsh because his stat line ended up looking really, really good. Uh, Posh Alexander finishes with 10-6-6. Six six. I just feel like at points of this game, so he had the five turnovers and he had the two fouls early. I just feel like he was doing a little bit too much. Do you agree with that? I, I, just, I feel like he was maybe trying to do too much on the offensive end.
1: Yeah, I thought he was pressing a bit in the first half, and that kind of led to the foul trouble. And when you take the motor of the team out early in the mm-hmm. first half, um, that's probably a big reason why we fell back in that deficit. But he definitely turned it on late. He he was ice. He was uh red hot at the free throw line, yeah. ice in his veins. It was that was really good to see. Mm-hmm. But um, there were some key plays he made down late in the game that might have been a a little head scratching that you wish you had back. Mm-hmm. Some plays that he doesn't usually make. He's I definitely think uh, him doing too much was a good way to describe um, the negatives of his games tonight. But um, overall, I would say he had a pretty good game considering circumstances, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't think he was like horrible, but I just, I, I just feel like he didn't give his his like typical classic game. He was just a little bit like all over the place. Um, let's also talk. I feel like when we, when I had you on last year, I remember you came on after the Butler loss on the road, and we were saying that final inbounds play when I think it was Wusu and he inbounded it off. I forget someone's foot or something, and they, they, it went out of bounds, and then we were saying, what the hell were they doing there? I feel like we kind of have a similar situation here with the final play of the game. You're down by two. I think I wanted them to shoot a three there. I was totally okay with Champagne shooting a three for the win because I didn't think they were going to win that game if it went to overtime. But why is Pinzone getting inbound to the ball? I know that they didn't have a timeout, but why is he bringing the ball up there? You kind of got what you deserved there, which was him kind of dribbling it into no man's land and losing it, and then it kind of threw off that whole final possession. Uh, What would you have done there? I mean, in terms of would you have gone for a two, would you have gone for a three? Uh, Did you like the decision to have... Pin zone, bringing the ball up there.
1: Yeah, like you said, not having a timeout there definitely worked at Indiana, Indiana's advantage way more than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing the ball up the court, eight seconds left in that environment, not easy task. Um, I think if I had to go my way, I probably would have had Posh take up the ball. You know, that's uh, a guy who's been there before. That's a guy who you have trust in. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big. A, big assignment you're asking yeah. a true freshman playing in his first road game to do mm-hmm. and while Pinson did overall have a solid game you know mm-hmm. I just think you got to pick and choose your spots a little better there mm-hmm. maybe the reasoning uh, Coach Anderson did that was because maybe if he saw that Julian wasn't open for anything and you figured they'd probably be covering him, him hard you could have Posh as another scoring option mm-hmm. maybe that's something they would have done um, in terms of if I would have went for a 2 or a 3 I'm probably just going with what the best shot is whoever's open if it's mm-hmm. open for a 2 and you could push it to overtime take it if it's a three with Julian or whoever if they're open take it Um, but yeah that's kind of my thoughts on that but overall yeah I'm probably taking a guy who I know can handle the rock there in that situation and
0: maybe I am being a little bit you know, two. I guess, Parsh. You know, me. I mean, maybe you do get a two there. You go into overtime. You would have all the momentum, obviously, if you score at the end there. And you do have Champagny, who was on his, who would have been on his way to probably a forty-point game at that point. So, I mean, maybe if it did go to OT, they would have been able to tie that. But I was just like, you know, have Posh bring the ball up there. Uh, you know, if. if Champagne's open, get him the ball and get and get him, you know, have the ball in his hands for the game-tying or game-winning shot. And if that doesn't work out, like you said, I want Posh shooting the ball there cuz I know he can create his own shot and he can make kind of those like circus crazy shots that we've seen. Oh, so Yeah, 100%
1: Posh. Yeah. you know. If he, in that situation, if you're going hypotheticals, if you don't have Julian open for the three there, you know, he's you a guy that could turn on the Jets and you know at you know maybe at least at least draw a foul. Mhm. Mm-hmm. If he tries to attack the rim there. Mm-hmm. So Mhm. Yeah, looking back on it, um, I'm probably not going to have pins on. Take that one up but um, what are you going
0: to do it yeah. is what it is mm-hmm. uh, one final negative was the officiating tonight it was brutal now it, it, to be unbiased I know that this is a St. John show it was brutal on both ends there was a lot of bad calls on Indiana too it just feels like the worst calls went to St. John's for sure uh, the Montez getting the flagrant too which we'll talk about in a second uh, the the Julian where they blew the whistle but somehow that wasn't a, a, an end one which is weird uh, Posh Alexander somehow running over Jackson Davis, who has like a hundred pounds on him, and they call a foul a, a charge there. I don't get any of those. But let's talk about the Montez Mathis call—a flagrant two, really changed the game, taking out your best defenders. Um, I'm guessing that you think that was a horrible call, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, at first I didn't even think it was a flagrant. But yeah. And I had to look up the definition of what really a flagrant, one, a flagrant <laughs> one is. And if we're gonna get technical, I guess sure you can call that a flagrant one. Yeah. But that's just such a gut blow because that's not a posh. Montez Mathis is probably our second best defender. Mm -hmm. And when you take him out of the game that early, and then Indiana goes on a 7 0 run right after that, you know, it kind of just took any air out of the sails that we had going for us. So that's a tough call. On the Champenny, and one, I really thought it was an and one. I don't know. (laughs) They blew the whistle, I don't know what they were blowing it referring yeah. to but not only does Champagne get the bump, the momentum takes him and he hits him his head head first right <laughs> off of the goal off of the the post uh-huh. and he's shaking up for a few minutes and then we just got a kind of a play on right after that. So I don't know what was going on there. Um I like you said, I really I'm not the guy that's gonna look to blame the refs and I still don't think the refs are why we no no. But yeah, there was definitely some some questionable calls going on there, and like you said, it went. There were some bad ones on both sides. But mm-hmm. I think if we have to choose a team that kind of have took the brunt of it more, it would definitely be St. John's. You, you can't, you can't eject Montez Mathis, no. you know, 10 minutes into the game there and mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. change the whole game plan and defensive identity of what we're going to do.
0: Yeah, the the, the Montez Mathis call and the Posh Alexander charge were definitely two plays that changed the game, but they didn't cost St. John's the game by any measure. St. John's lost this game because they came out so so flat and overwhelmed in the first half. That's that's why they lost this game. Um, let's get to some of the positives now. I mean, we kind of touched on uh, pin zone. I, we both feel like in relief of, of uh, Montez Mathis a little bit he was really really good uh, good on the offensive end I thought he brought on the defensive end as well uh, Julian Champagny I mean what a game from him 32 points season high 6 of 12 from three-point range could not hit the game winner at the end there but uh, he was phenomenal and I think that that's a really good sign for them that they got such a great performance out of him where he no one else was really cooking on offense besides Steph where we'll, we'll talk about him in a second where Julian just kind of said like I'm taking in this game over here on the road in a tough environment like if Julian wants to be a first round pick like that's the performance that you want to see from him
1: Oh, for sure. You know, just just another Julian Champagny-type game, him adding to that stat line. I'm sure he's averaging well over 20, 25 points a game right now. I know he had, I think, 22 in the last game against St. Peter's, but he flat out put the team on his back, and every big shot we needed him to hit, he did. I'll bite the last one, but, you know, that was kind of in a tough situation where he was and the fumble by Mm -hmm. Pinzon to get it to him. But um, for him to come up so big in a game against... A pretty good opponent in a mm. tough environment. His first time playing in a game like that in over two years with such a hostile crowd. Um and he didn't he didn't waver. He didn't get shaken up a bit. Mm-hmm. And um just very very good to see. And he's gonna I'm expecting many more nights like this from him.
0: And I, I think that that's encouraging too. You know, we spoke I remember uh Zach tweeted you know, the last game, St. John's is up by twenty and Champagne only has five points like look at the supporting cast but i feel like a night like tonight is i don't want to say encouraging because it's not sustainable but a game like this where you know no one else is really playing that great steph smith had a good second half but you know you can kind of rely on champagne to just take over like like i said you don't want to do that every game but in a game like this it's it's just very encouraging to me that he's able to do that and that you at basically at any time you have the best player on the floor
1: yeah, and 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 again, like these are the type of games for Champ that really matter. These are the type of games that are gonna get him set up for Biggie's play. Yep. when you're not facing a mid-major here, you're you're the stacked against you on the road. Go out there, you're on national television. Show them what you can do against a good opponent. Boost your draft stock. The team was down early, and he willed them back in there. So, um, just really, really good to see that he hasn't missed a beat yet Mm-hmm.
0: And, and we've we've talked about almost everyone let's get to Steph Smith as well uh 16 points for him uh had a bunch of points in the second half really kind of keyed that second half comeback uh with a bunch of points early in the second half uh I thought that he really showed something you know he was kind of quiet the first two games really showed something there on the road you know very impressed with the way that he was able to kind of be that you know Robin to, to Champagne's Batman tonight what'd you think of him
1: Yeah, uh, I thought he was going to kind of be more of a role that Tariq Coburn has, kind of a guy, you know, spot up and shoot threes, and he didn't really have that going for him tonight. Mm -hmm. It was good to see him adjust. I think he did well on the outside in terms of pump-faking his guys to bite. He was able to go in and attack the lane and get some easy baskets. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, there was some uh, off-the-court drama with him (laughs) and Trace Jackson Davis, so I'm sure that was definitely on his mind you know the crowd sure as hell let him know about it mm-hmm. and he, every time they did he didn't I don't think he missed a free throw so he wasn't yeah. letting any of that get in his head um I'm definitely going to be looking to him I think um when you think of all the threats we have in terms of scoring you know you Chapenny posh um Coburn, you know he's another X factor if they can get some decent minutes and some decent uh, production out of him I think he can really just give another boost and an added level to this team that um, they don't know they have right now so it was definitely good to see him coming up from a mid-major playing in a very tough environment again Um, so uh, hopefully this is a performance he can use to uh, up his performances from here on out Mm -hmm. to kind of get him going a bit and give Mm -hmm. him some self-confidence
0: and my last question for you here, does this game change at all maybe not necessarily your outlook but like where you think St. John stands in terms of a on a national level, you know, they go on the road, they play a team that's really right there with them in terms of the national rankings. Does this change at all your perception of the of this team or is it kind of what you thought they were going to be?
1: Um, I didn't really go into this game, you know, expecting win. I thought they definitely could. I wasn't expecting it just because, you know, it's just su- it's such a tough place to play, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is this is a decent Indiana team that has an All American on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going up there to, to and just saying you're going to get a win is no easy task. Um, I think if they were able to pull it out, you know, it would give them some breathing room, and they would have a resume win heading yeah. a conference play, whether they beat Kansas or not. But mm-hmm. now there's not much more pressure on that Kansas game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I have a little gripe it would be with the coaching staff that they couldn't get any other you know top tier kind of resume games in terms of power conference opponents outside of Indiana and Kansas mm-hmm. Because uh, I think any opportunity you can to, you know, just build that resume, you, you can. But now, like I said, just the, that Kansas game is just so much more important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I'd be having a lot different stance at this team, you know, it took the beatdown they were getting in the first half. Yeah. But, you know, seeing the way they were resilient and answered back, you know, I still have full confidence in this team. And I still think they're going to be there in March. But, yeah, like I said, just it would have been a really, really solid win if they could yeah. get that and, you know, give, give them some breathing room for mm-hmm. um, the Europe, for Biggies play,
0: mm-hmm. and it's it's like you mentioned, you know, it's it's why you play these type of games, these crazy, you know, heavyweight non-conference games, because it prepares you for Big E's play. It prepares you for, you know, Creighton and Xavier on the road and Butler on the road, Seton Hall, you know, playing in those tough places to play. That's encouraging that they were able to hang in there. I, I just, I think that this is going to be, you know, it's a nice building block for sure. It's a game in November. It's not going to, you know, be the end of your season. You got four months left in the season. Um, but I, I think that this this could end up being good for them if they are able to learn from it. They get that experience playing on the road in a tough environment
1: yeah definitely you'd like to see you know maybe they can a game like this you could take away how to okay next time we're in a, a exactly. crunch time possession and we're down two or three mm-hmm. let's let's come up with a way that we can get that basket um, if we're going up and we have one of our guys in foul trouble early and he's out of the game let's how do we work around that you know where we don't have to be so reliant on just Julian to you know carry the load mm-hmm. maybe we can get those points distributed in other areas and just to you know, as this game probably presented as as much adversity on a road game as they face all season. Yep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you look at it and say, hopefully, this is a, a building block, and they could just get as much info from this as possible, and you know, apply it to the next road game that or the next tough game they have, and you know, get a win out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hopefully, they're able to build off of it and. Uh... You know, build, build off of that going into Biggie's play. We will definitely be talking to you uh, going forward, maybe later in this non-conference schedule or certainly in Biggie's play. Jay, thank you so much. Uh, good luck this season. I, we know that you're with Daily Dose of Hoops now with Jayden Daly, so good luck with that. Give Jay a follow on Twitter. Check out his writing on Daily Dose of Hoops. Jay, thank you so much for coming on tonight.
1: Anytime, Troy. Any Thanks for having me. All right, have a good night. You too, man. Bye.
0: Okay, thank you... Once again to Jay DeMeo for coming on and breaking down the Red Storms loss to Indiana on the road 76 to 74. You can follow Jay on Twitter at Jason DeMayo one. That's D I M A I O one. He's a contributor. Like we said to Johnny nation SJU and a new contributor to daily dose of hoops. Uh, he was at Iona, uh, friend of St. John's Iona, right? Uh, the Iona game last night where they played Hofstra and they won. Uh, so you can check out his coverage of that game and uh, his coverage all along the way of all of the local teams with Jay, Aiden daily over there at daily dose of hoops. Uh, yeah, just to wrap up this episode, thank you everyone for listening. I feel like we really touched on just about everything. You know, it's a, it's a frustrating loss for sure. It's a game that you really, uh, you know, you went in kind of varying levels of confidence for sure. I, I thought that they could win it. Did I think that they were going to win it? Uh, I was a little hesitant on that. Um, after that first half certainly did not have very much confidence that they were going to, going to pull this game out. I did think that they were going to get back in it. I I will give them or give myself credit for that. I did think that they were going to pull their way back into this game. They were not going to get run off the court, but at the end of the day, they cannot pull out the win, which would have been a big, big uh, resume win. Now, again, like I mentioned in the open, if you win – 12 games in the Big East if you go 12 and 8 in the Big East and you know when we were talking to Zach Braziller on this show a couple weeks ago he mentioned this as well you know if you win 12 games in the Big East and you beat Villanova once and you beat Seton Hall once and UConn once and you know you sweep Georgetown you sweep DePaul maybe you get a game against Xavier as well if you win a couple of games like that and you get 12 wins in the Big East and you know you go whatever it would be 10 and 1 in the non-conference and you have 22 wins heading to the Big East tournament you're a Probably going to be a tournament team. You know, we, we see how strong the Big East looks so far. Obviously, they got swept uh, tonight in the Gavit games, but Seton Hall over Michigan on the road, uh, Providence over Wisconsin on the road. You've got Marquette with a big win over Illinois. Obviously, Illinois was missing Kofi Coburn, but still. Big win for Marquette over Illinois. The Big East looks like it's going to be an, abs- excuse me, an absolute powerhouse this season, um, which, again, makes it tough because you're going to be playing in a lot of tough games like this. you got to start winning these games for sure, but if you do win those games, as we think St. John's will, uh, you know, you're know you going to give yourself a good chance to get in the tournament regardless. Uh, this game is not the be-all, end-all of your season. It's November. It's now November 18th. This game was played on November 17th. A lot of season left. There's, what, 25-30? You know, 28 games left in the season, whatever it is, a lot of games left to play. Um, Get back on track. Take care of business in the non-conference. You really can't lose any of these bye games that you have. You got to be Pittsburgh for sure. Um, And more importantly, before that, in about two weeks, you got to give Kansas a game. You know, I think that the Kansas game would have been kind of house money if you were able to win this one. Uh, Now it becomes a game that, you know, maybe has a little bit more importance. Do I think they will win that game? Absolutely not. I think Kansas is, They're what are they, third right now in the country? They're a top five team. They're going to be a top five team. They're going to be a Final Four contender. It's going to be really, really tough to pull that game out. Um, but in terms of a measuring stick game tonight, I, I do think that they measured up to what we thought that they are right now. Right. We, we think right now that St. John's is a top... 40 to 45 team in the nation, you know, maybe being a little generous top 30 to 35, whatever, you know, we, we know that they're in that range somewhere and they played like it tonight. You know, they played a really, really crappy first half, but at the end of the day, they did end up, that's why I asked Jay about, you know, how did they play compared to your expectations? They did end up really playing to my expectations. That was the type of game that I expected that to be especially in the second half you know indiana is in the exact same boat that st john's they obviously had the home court advantage there they had the crowd behind them but indiana is going to be the same thing maybe they'll be a top 25 team now next week who knows but they're a top 30 top 40 team so is st john's that was kind of the game that we expected they come out on the losing end which is frustrating but at the end of the day i do think that as a measuring stick game St. John's is where we thought they were going into this year, and you would assume with all these new pieces that they're only going to get better. So there you go. There's some optimism. If you're still listening, 40 minutes into this thing, there's some optimism for you in the final minute or show or so of this uh, of this show. So. Thank you everyone uh, for listening. Thank you again to Jay Dimeo for coming on. Next week is Thanksgiving week. They do play on Tuesday night. I have a prior commitment. Might not be able to do a show uh, on Tuesday night. I will try to do one on Wednesday though. So uh, recapping, who do they play? St. Francis, Brooklyn, I believe. It's not really a big game, but I will try to get a recap out on Wednesday of next week. And then the following week is Kansas week. I will have a preview of that up uh, at some point before that game on Friday. Hope to see a lot of people there. UBS Arena in a couple weeks when they play Kansas I will be there Uh, hopefully I can run into some people at the bars beforehand and the bars after the game and during the game as well so uh, tough loss tonight we'll get back to it and uh, thank you all for listening though and as always let's go Johnny's.